0: and we give you glory Father you reign and we praise your mighty name this morning Thank you God that you reign in our hearts and in our lives Father thank you God that you reign in our homes Thank you, God, that you reign in our church. And Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our neighbors, Lord. Father, we just thank you, God, that you reign. Father, reign in our hearts. And now as we open our Bibles to your word, God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Father, we ask that today, God, you would show us great and mighty things from your word. Father, would you help us to Allow You to reign as we sing, We Surrender All. Lord, some of us might say the words, We Surrender All, but in reality, we're only surrendering 50%. Lord, today we give You our all. We invite You, Holy Spirit, to reign completely and totally and have Your will and Your way in our hearts and in our lives. For it's in Your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. You guys having a good week? Amen. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. We got the AC fixed. That's awesome. Right? Praise the Lord. You never never know how much you appreciate that until you don't have it. Right? Praise God. Open your Bibles. We're studying our way through the Word of God. We're in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. We started it last week in chapter 1. This week we're in chapter 2. Praise the Lord. If you're with us and don't have a Bible and like to study with us, we have some Bibles at the front and the back of the church. You're welcome to those. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you're welcome to keep those. We just ask that you read it every day. Amen? Praise God. As Gilbert said, I too want to thank you all for all the generous donations of school supplies. Uh, just awesome. Every year we, we, uh, our goal is to prepare at least 100 backpacks. We've, we've got more than enough backpacks. And tomorrow we'll be shopping to fill in the rest of the stuff. So uh, thank you guys for, for providing that. It's such a great, great blessing. Amen. You guys got your Bibles open? Well, as we've been studying First and Second Kings, the, the focus has been actually on the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. Today's scripture, though, we're going to look at, at not the, uh, the kings, but the prophets. We're going to see Elijah, his translation into heaven, and Elisha's transition into leadership. And if you're taking notes, uh, here's how I've titled today's study. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. (laughs) If you ain't dead, you ain't done. (laughs) Let's read beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha, from Gilgal then Elisha <laughs> said to Elisha stay here please for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel but Elisha said as the Lord lives and as your soul lives I will not leave you so they went down to Bethel now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today and he said yes I know keep silent and then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. And then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As long As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. I don't know about you guys, but I always visualize, you know, the old locker room. I'm not sure how he did it, but that's how I visualize it, right? It was probably a little more spiritual than that, but... But he struck the water, and it divided this way and that, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Verse 9, and so it was when they had crossed over. Now notice this takes place after they cross over the Jordan. Elijah says to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taking away from you? And Elisha said, please, let me a double portion of your spirit, let a double portion of your spirit, be upon me we're going to stop right there for right now and talk about this for a little bit this is a famous portion of scripture a lot of people talk about getting a double portion double blessing and I don't know about you guys but I'm very selfish and that's what I want right but let's realize when I highlighted it when I was reading it this took place after they crossed the Jordan now through this whole time these two verses of scriptures and aren't you guys proud of me I made 10 verses without stopping that's pretty good for clay right that's pretty good (laughs) but now i'm going to make up for it he made four stops before elijah said to elisha what do you want from god and he answered i want a double portion and these four stops is a beautiful picture of our spiritual life and i think all of us like elisha probably want more from god do you you want more of God? want more of God in your life? Well, let's take a look at this, and I think we can learn some things that we can apply to our life as we move on here. If you'll notice, first of all, uh, let me just remind you to bring you up to where we started this. We saw in the last book that it's now been anywhere between 8 to 10 years before this that we read today that Elijah approached Elisha while he was plowing, remember that, and threw his mantle on him and invited him To to follow him remember that and so we saw the first thing in Elisha. The first step to eventually getting a double portion was his full commitment you might remember he burnt the plow and sacrificed the oxen right and it's hard to go back to the old life the old life of plowing which you ever feel like in your life you're just plowing dirt going over the same thing over and over and over again right. Uh, It's hard to do that when you burn your plow. I won't repreach preach that lesson. Then we learn that uh, Elisha then became the servant of Elijah. Remember that? And so he stepped into a role of serving this man of God. Now we get to the end of Elijah's life, and we're going to see Elisha getting this double portion. And look at the journey. We all go on the same journey, and it's fantastic. The first place, if you'll notice, in verse 1, they started out in Gilgal. Now, This is very awesome because the name Gilgal means the place of new beginnings, the place of new beginnings. It's the first place that the Israelites camped after they entered the promised land. That's recorded for us in Joshua chapter four. It's the place where this new generation of believers of Jewish men were circumcised. It's where they renewed their covenant relationship with God recorded in Joshua chapter five. It's the place of new beginnings. Friends, if we're going to walk with God, we need a new beginning. And what I mean by that is we need to be born again, right? We need that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, notice what Elijah keeps saying over and over to Elisha, and it's very important. Now, this whole thing is a test for him. And he tells him, stay here while I go on. Friends, there will always be a temptation in your spiritual life to stay where you are, spiritually speaking. And unfortunately, a lot of believers stay at Gilgal. Oh, they're born again. They receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they never move on to maturity, right? Now, no one in this church is like that, but the church down the street? (laughs) Kidding. Friday night was awesome. Fifteen different ministers from fifteen different churches and denominations gathered together for one purpose, and that was to seek God's face for the West Valley. It was awesome it was great it really was but unfortunately uh, a lot of people once they cross once they get to Gilgal the place of new beginnings they don't want to move on right they're happy with being born again and knowing that eventually someday they'll get to heaven but between now and then there's really not much change in their life because look at the next step and this is a a positive step in our relationship with the lord jesus christ they moved there and he says stay there please because god has sent me to bethel you guys remember what bethel means it means the house of god that's where abraham first built his altar and worshiped god there genesis 12 it was at bethel that jacob had his awesome vision of the stairway or the ladder to heaven genesis 28 a side note there i I wanted to put this on the overhead. Genesis twenty-eight sixteen, talking about this time of Jacob in this laddered heaven uh, at Bethel, the house of God. says, And when Jacob awoke from his sleep after he had that dream of, of the ladder going to heaven, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Let me take just a little side street here from our, our text and talk about this text. You might remember when he was there, Bethel was a very lonely dark place middle of nowhere and the bible says in the context there of genesis 28 that it was very stony ground friends sometimes we don't recognize the presence of god when we're on stony ground does this make sense when we're alone in the wilderness we feel there's nobody there that's when it's darkest friends that's when we see god in his in his greatest glory he said surely god was in this place and I didn't know it. Some of you here today might be traveling down a very dark path right now. God is with you. You may, you may be facing a health challenge. God is with you. You may be facing a financial crisis. God is with you, man. It might be a relationship challenge that you're facing. God is with you. You may not know it and recognize it. But he's there with you isn't that a great message. We could actually stop the sermon today. That's good enough. But you know me. (laughs) Bethel, the house of God. Friends, church is important. To be fellowshipping with those of like precious faith is necessary for us to worship God in praise and worship to fellowship is so very important. Now, I'm going to come back to this at the end of this chapter. I have faith. We're going to cover the whole chapter. But Bethel also became a very corrupt place because it was at Bethel that Jeroboam brought the golden calf worship. Remember that? And over and over in First, first Kings, we will see it in 2 Kings, God kept bringing that up, committing the sins of Jeroboam who caused the people of Israel to sin in their worship. We need to be very, very careful that we don't pollute the pure worship of God. There's a lot of, lot of churches around that are so far from worshiping God thanks for that thunderous amen <laughs> i got for the overhead <laughs> acts 2 40 through 40 we have the blueprint for church it says and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation we've got to be born again we've got to be saved right i think we all are in agreement on that then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day there were about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now check this out. Here's, here is the, f- this is the blueprint for church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What does that mean? It means they were students of the word. Why do we study the Bible the way we do? Because it's the word of God, right? Well, that's why we go through it book by book, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, sometimes syllable by syllable for me. <laughs> But they continue in that in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship. Once again, it's important that we are with those of like precious faith. We talk about a lot that we need to make sure that we spend our time with people of faith, not with people of fear, that we spend our time with those who encourage our faith and encourage our walk with God, not with those who try to keep it down right in fellowship in the breaking of bread. Now, they would have fellowship meals that were always ended up in communion services, We're told that we are to take communion for what purpose to remember what Christ has done for us. Right. Uh, And in prayers, we have prayer. We need to be in prayer, not only individual prayer, but also as a body of believers. We need to be people of prayer. That's part of church. And it says, then fear came upon every soul. Now, this isn't like, you know, boo. Fear. This is reverence for God, respect for God. Can I be just blunt with you guys? Now, it doesn't apply to anyone in this church. But you know, there is a lack of reverence for God in our world. Right? Our entertainment industries mock God. And you hear people saying stupid things like they'll do something dumb and go, "Oh, I'm going, I guess I'm going to hell. That's not something to joke about. Right? It's, it's really not. It's, it, there needs to be a reverence for God. And when those things are happening, we will reverence God. And look what else is just a natural byproduct of fearing God, reverencing God, being in His Word, being in prayer, being in fellowship, being in worship, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You know, weak, powerless church, Well, are they doing those things that the church should be doing? my grandbaby yeah grandpa tell him love it let's keep going because I get we got two more cities to go to where did I leave off? verse 3 now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel they came to Elijah and they said do you not know that your master going to be taken away yeah I know Uh, a little side note we're going to see that in these different towns there's different Christians there sons of the apostles but they don't follow Elijah they just give bad news and then don't do nothing to help it there's a message in that, huh, Gilbert? Yeah. They'll give you the bad news, but they won't help you in your walk. He says, yeah, I know. Keep quiet. Look at the, fourth, the next place they're going, verse 4. He says, I've got to go to Jericho. Jericho is the site of Israel's first victory in the Promised Land. Remember the walls of Jericho? It's a wonderful victory that they had, and it showed Israel how and shows us how we are to conquer, how those great walls in our life, are to be broken down we learn three things we learn that we are to get our orders from God we learn that we are to follow those orders by faith even if they sound crazy you know some of the things in the word of God because God says my ways are above yours and some of the things God tells us in his word we go what but can I tell you if you obey the word of God you will see the blessings of God so we need to get our orders from God we need to obey those by faith no even if they sound crazy. And then thirdly, we are to give all glory to God and God alone. You see, at Jericho, they not only learned how to get victory over their enemies, how to knock the walls down in their life, but they also learned what happened when you disobey God. One man, Achan, stole the garment and the gold, remember all that? And brought the into the camp. So Jericho reminded Elisha of the victory of faith, but also the tragedy of sin. Well, they move on and they go from Jericho down to verse 6. It says, And then Elisha said, Stay here, please. And the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. The Jordan River. Now, God used the opening and the closing of the Jordan River to proclaim to the people that Joshua was now their new leader. Moses was dead. Now Joshua. Remember all that? So this was a picture of, of new leadership. There comes a time in our life friends that we need to we need to grow up and we need to step up and we need to step out I'm going to say something that that they tell preachers in preacher school never to preach and that is this don't keep your eyes fixed on me I do the best I can but there comes a time that you have to grow up and you have to walk your own walk of faith well I didn't think you'd amen that much (laughs) but 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 you, you guys know what I mean my goal is that everybody mature and everybody walks their own walk of faith. That's our goal, right? And so Joshua, he was going to be the new leader. Now is going to be the new leader, right? And so that's where we get to our, our point. They cross. It's not only a miracle that the water's parted, but that the, dry, the ground was dried. They walk over on dry ground. They're over there. Now he says, What do you want? I want that double portion. This was based upon a scripture Deuteronomy twenty one seventeen. Would you put that on the board? Check this out. But he shall acknowledge the sons of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength, and the and the right of the firstborn is his. Friends, we deserve, and we are, uh, we can have a double portion of the inheritance why what does it mean the sons of the firstborn wife we're not the first Adam we're not the second Adam but we would be classified as the third Adam does that make sense I'm not trying to start a new doctrine but as born again children of God we fall into that category everyone clear on that everyone cool you're not clear on it okay Mary, Mary of Mary of, of of Nazareth isn't your physical mother. Right? We all have a different physical mother. So we're like Jesus, but we're not Jesus. Does that make sense? Getting clear? Am I making it more mud? The water more muddy? <laughs> Go, on. Go on. Okay. Send your emails to. Okay. <laughs> Let me put it this way: We fall under the promises of God everyone cool with that okay you'll take that meal okay that prayer that request was based on the word of God I want a double portion I want the portion of a firstborn I want what the firstborn gets in my spiritual walk I want the blessings of the firstborn <laughs> I still got half a chapter to go so he says, this is what I want. Look at verse 10. Now here's, we're ready to start the Bible study now. Verse 10. So he says, well, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be. You want the, the blessings of God. Are you willing to do what it takes? You want the blessings of God. Are you willing to do what you have to do to get it? Are you willing to put in the time in prayer? Are you willing to tithe? Are you willing to do what you need to do to receive what you want to receive? Verse 11, Then it happened as they continued on on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared and horses of fire. Don't you know that was just wow? And it separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He didn't ride on the chariot. He got caught up in the whirlwind, but the chariot was there to keep them separated. Man, aren't you guys excited for home movie night in heaven just to see how, whoa, whoa that's just going to be so cool. And look what happens. And Elisha saw it. So he cried out, my father, my father. Look what he calls Elijah. The chariot of Israel and its horsemen. That's speaking of war machinery there. One man, Elijah, was called the protector, the soldier of Israel. Isn't that cool? That's so awesome. And so he saw him no more as he, as he was taken up. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in pieces. Now that was a sign of mourning, but I believe it's even a little bit more because he takes off and he tears off his clothes and he picks up, verse 13, the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. Right? Now, What's that a picture of? That's a picture of we have to, Paul said, put off the old nature and put on the new, right? So he picks up that mantle of Elijah and he goes back to the, the Jordan River and he took the mantle, verse 14, of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and he proclaimed, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I think the reason he said that was so those 50 guys would know, well, the God of Elijah is now with Elisha. And when he struck the water, it divided. Just like it did for Elijah, now it does for Elisha. And Elisha crosses back over. And then the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho, they saw him and they said, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and they bowed to the ground before him so they acknowledge what is happening here. They acknowledge that God has passed the torch, so to speak. And Elisha would now be their leader verse 16 and they said to him look now there are 50 strong men your servants please let us go and search for your master lest perhaps the spirit of the lord had taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley and he said no you don't need to send anyone uh, they didn't understand he was going to heaven they thought maybe the wind just picked him up and threw him somewhere right yeah like shark with prophets you know can you believe they've made, what, five movies about sharks and tourneys? Here's the, here's the spiritual point. There'll be some religious church people who won't accept the miraculous. They'll try to explain it away by the natural. Maybe a windstorm just threw them somewhere, right? A lot of Christians don't believe in power of god and elijah said don't waste your time looking for him well look what they do verse 17 but they kept pestering him and pestering him until he said okay he was ashamed he was embarrassed for him so he said go ahead and send them out you're going to waste your time so they sent out 50 men searched for him for three days didn't find him so when they came back for, him, for he said at Jericho, and he said to, him, said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? Uh, Clay's translation is, uh, I told you so. <laughs> right? Now, we get into Elisha's ministry. And this first miracle is very important to you and I because it makes a direct application to you and me. We in our spiritual walk say we have, we've taken that same trip Elisha did. We've gone from Gilgal, place of new beginning. We've gone to Bethel, the house of God. We've gone to Jericho where we've, we've learned spiritual warfare. Right? We've gone to, to the Jordan where, where now we're walking in the, the authority and the power of God. We know our, our call and our position. Look what happens in verse 19. This is an awesome story. Oh, side note. He asked for a double portion. We're going to find out he did exactly double the amount of miracles Elijah did. Very cool. Very cool. Anyway, verse 19. Here it starts. And the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city. It is pleasant as the Lord can see. Beautiful. But the water is bad and the ground is barren. How many of us desert dwellers know water is important? Right? So look what he says in verse 20. It says, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And he went out to the source, please circle that, source of the water, and he cast in the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from, from it, there shall be no more death, nor barrenness, and so the water remains healed to this day, according to the word which Elijah has spoken. Let's talk about this, this is so cool, the city was nice, it was beautiful, much like our world, we've got a beautiful world, right, and, but but the source of life is polluted. And so this picture of a new bowl is a picture of us Christians. For the Bible tells us that that we are new creatures in Christ, right? We are now new vessels that house the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever wanted to grow plants, watering it with salt water doesn't work. So what is this picture? So here he's taking a new bowl, which is a picture of our new life in Christ. And Jesus said, we are the salt of the world. Would you put on the overhead Leviticus 2.13 and Matthew 5.13? Check this out. In Leviticus 2.13, it says, And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. So in our offerings, it had to be seasoned with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering, With all of your offerings, you shall offer salt. Okay, very important. Now check out what the salt is. Matthew 5.13, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. How many of you know that salt is... French fries aren't worth eating without salt, right? Right? Now, in our modern world, in the way we process salt, it doesn't lose its saltiness. But back in the Bible days, when it was uh, hewn rough and everything, it could lose its flavorness and then it was no good. And that can happen to a Christian. You're either no good, saltless, or you're good salt, right? And so God, in this picture, God takes you and I and He takes us to the source, the Bible says the source is, is the heart. Put Proverbs 4.23 up. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. How many of you know that in our troubled world, it's not a race issue? It's not a weapon issue. It's a heart issue. Right? Jeremiah tells us that the heart is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. So God takes that new bowl, that salty salt, and takes it to the source. In the application for us, what's the source? It's the heart. And God drops us into the heart of society to bring healing and hope to our world. Friends, the answer to to our problems in this world isn't found in a political party it's not found in more money or less money it's not found in greater education it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is the only answer to the heart problem religions can't do it social programs can't do it Jesus does it. and who has the job to take the bull and to dump the salt in the in the society's stream. You and I. Well, what is the salt we dump in the stream? You and I. You see, Christians have a mentality of, oh, all this craziness is going on. I'm just going to take myself away from it. I thank God for people like our vice president, who's not afraid to stand up for Jesus Christ and take those bullets, not physical bullets, but take what he takes from the world, but he's standing firm for Jesus Christ. Friends, we need to be that as Christians, right? We have to stop being ashamed to say the answer is found in the Lord Jesus Christ and not not anything else. We have to stop being ashamed that, that we tell people where their hope lies, right? So you get mocked. In the long run, what difference does it make? People don't like you anyway. Just kidding. But really, they don't like you. No, no, no. No. Seriously, it's it's our job to bring healing and hope to the world. What does salt do? Purifies and preserves, and that's what we do. That's our job. He takes it out to the source, and look what happened. It healed the waters. Healed the water. God drops us into the stream of society, uses us to be vessels of His healing to the world, and God pronounces no more death because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have eternal life. Eternal life isn't found in any other little G God. Little R religion. It's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And no more barrenness. No more barrenness. What does that mean? You feel unproductive, unloved, in your life. Fulfillment found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to what God says. God says I have healed the water. Friends let God bring healing to your life. If you need that. Today you can go over there. And drink from. Elisha's well. It's called Elisha's fountain over there. And it's, it's still beautiful. Cool clean crisp tasting water. Still there. Well as we close the chapter here is one of my funnest verses of Scripture. Because it says in verse 23, after all this healing and all this stuff, verse 23, Then he went up from there to Bethel. Now he's going back to Bethel. Remember I said that Bethel, although it means house of God, through the years because of Jeroboam, it, it became corrupt. Check this out. He goes back to Bethel. And as he's going up the road, some youths came from the city and they mocked him and they said, Go up, you bald head. (laughs) Go up, you bald head. Now You know, you can't see it now, but there's a little ding on my head. Can you see it? You should have saw it Tuesday. Tuesday morning was so nice, I thought, I'm going to drive the Camaro. I got a Camaro convertible, you know, suffering for Jesus. And so I put the top down, right? So I go to where I'm going. So I park it and I'm putting the top up and I'm pressing a little button and I'm fiddling around doing something and I reached in the back and that thing hit my head. <laughs> anyway. Verse 24. So he turned around and he looked at them and he pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> well, let's talk about it because there's more to that than just 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 bears. The first thing we need to know and understand from there is because Elisha just looked like a bad, mean dude here, right? You know? Uh, first thing I want to make a pronouncement is there's nothing wrong with being bald. But, in the Hebrew culture that was they they really liked hair. Even the men. They had to keep it short. There were some some instructions. <laughs> there's, not, oh, there's bald men all over this place. <laughs> wow, I don't feel as bad now. I got a little bit. Bald is beautiful. Um what was I saying? Oh, in the Hebrew code, they had restrictions on how to cut hair and stuff like that. So this was this was a real slam to them. He he may not have been bald-headed. He may have, but this was a, this was a, a real slur to him to, to to speak that to him. And also, we need to understand that that word "youths" is the word. The English spelling for the Hebrew word is n a h a r, nahar. I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not exactly sure, but that's the English spelling of the Hebrew word for youth. Now what's interesting and about this is in the Bible that word Nahar is used to describe young men anywhere between the age of 16 to 30. Mm. Joe, millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not to be a joke, but you know what? This is... A An example of a NAFTA. We have a gang. Of cowards coming out against someone who speaks the truth. Oh, it gets quiet in here. Check this out. Joseph was called this Nahar at the age of 30. Isaac at the age of 28. Solomon at the age of 20. And David, when he fought Goliath, 14, 15, 16 and there was called. So this is a age group, the point I want to make is this, these weren't just a bunch of kids out razzing some guy, right? Uh, these were adults who knew better and by saying, you know, go up you bald head, what, what he's saying is, be like a, a, a Elijah and get out of here. We don't want to buy what you're selling. How many of you know our world is trying to tell us the same thing? Shut up, we don't want to hear about that. Get out of here with that, right? Same thing that's happening today is, was happening there and Elisha calls down a curse from the Lord now this this is awesome Leviticus 26 21 and 22 I don't suggest we do this but it's in the Bible let's read it if you walk contrary to me God is speaking here and he's speaking to the people Uh, if you walk contrary to me and you're not willing to obey me God says, I will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sins. Now, he's talking to the children of Israel, and they still it was still very fresh in their mind, the sins of, of, of Egypt. Okay? And, friends, whether it's the plagues of Egypt or the plagues we read about in Revelation, you don't want no part of those. Okay? I'm just saying, we don't want no part of that. But look what he says in verse 22. God says, I will also send wild beasts among you which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in numbers, and your highway will be desolate. So Elisha is just simply calling down the curse that God said he would send down for people who, who rejected God. These people were calling for the rejection of God in their town, in the house of God. They were calling for the rejection of God. And Elisha says, you want to experience God? Let's get some bears out. Now, the story doesn't stop here. These two bears kill 42 guys. Now, let's be honest. I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. You know, I I lost a game of musical chairs to a deaf kid, so I'm not that good. But I think I could have outrun somebody if 42 guys are getting wiped out. There's only two bears, right? I mean, think about it. Don't you think you could have gotten away so what is this telling us this is telling us that these goofs I mean these these people were willing to fight bears for what they believe you ever think about it that way why are the why is the enemy of the cross the enemy of the message of Jesus Christ so willing to band together to come against the message of Jesus Christ but Christians are Deal with it, and they run away. You ever think, right? I mean, you bet I would. A bear, <laughs> bear. My dad had bears, and they bite. Some of you are looking at me like, you what? My dad had exotic animals, and so, anyway. But you see the point. They were willing to to fight these bears for what they believe in. How much more should Christians not be afraid to stand up for what we believe in? So they'll throw slurs at you. So they'll mock you. So they'll do that. Who cares? Right? Make sense? So these bears wipe these guys out. moles 42 of them. Verse 25. And worshiping, you can start getting ready here. Uh, so he went up from there. Up to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Uh, interesting, interesting story, here. And I'm going to ask all of you to turn, please. No, I think I put. Did I give you Romans 12 to put on the? Okay, we can look at the overhead. As we kind of bring this t- chapter to a close, I want to remind you what we learn in Romans 12, verses one and two. Paul's writing says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think those two verses of Scripture kind of summarize this chapter in the Bible. Elisha gave his full life, to the service of God, right? He went, went through those four cities in order to get the double portion. He took up the mantle. And that would be a heavy mantle to pick up. I mean, following, I mean like Joshua following Moses, like <laughs> Elisha following Elijah. Those are pretty big shoes to fill, right? But he did it, and God used him mightily. But he surrendered his life completely to do that he gave himself to the work of God. He got mocked by the people of the town. He kept going. And we're going to see he does some amazing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And friends, we can have that same effect because we like that bowl of salt. God has called us and he will use us. And he'll place us where he wants us to be to bring about change and effect to our world. Does that sound good? Praise the Lord. Stand with me, would you? I want to make sure I covered all my notes. I did. Well, it's an interesting part of Scripture, today's chapter. Um, And as always, I encourage you to read it over again. As you read it, pray through it. Ask God to make a personal application to your life out of this chapter. Maybe you find yourself camped at one of those cities Again, that was a test for Elisha. and every city, Elijah told him, stay here. Elijah didn't want him to stay there, but wanted him to know what he would do. Maybe you're stuck at one of those places, and you need to move forward in your walk with God. Maybe you're like the prophets that say, you know, the world's beautiful, got a lot to offer, but the water's bad and you're looking at someone else to do it when God has called you to do something. Maybe you're feeling like Peter told us would happen that we would be mocked and criticized for our our stand for God. Maybe you're feeling like that is getting very heavy. Well, don't turn bears loose in your place of work. But turn the lion of the tribe of Judah loose. That's the Holy Spirit in you, right? Be the witness that God has called you to do. Now, maybe this whole study today just didn't make sense to you. My prayer is that in spite of me, that the Holy Spirit would minister to your heart. And maybe while we talked about this, maybe God was talking to you about what you're going through, and we never even mentioned it today. Whatever it is, God wants to deal with you and make a change in your heart and life today wants to do a great miracle of restoration of healing and it can happen today amen pray with me father thank you that we can study your word father we know your word is not just a bunch of fascinating stories which it is fascinating it's not just history which it is but lord it is a guide for our life and so holy spirit we do look to you and ask that you would make a personal application of all of these things to our life. Father, would you help us to review ourselves and then give us the grace to allow you to do the change in our life, Father. Father, I pray now for every need that is here. Lord, right now I pray, Holy Spirit, I release you to to minister to every heart. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who's struggling in their walk, maybe they find that they've been camped out at Gilgal. Oh, they're saved, but they feel very barren in their spiritual life. Lord, today would you give a renewed excitement and joy of salvation? Lord, there may be some here today who don't know you as Lord and Savior, and and they know they need to get right with you. Lord today, would you enter their heart and change their life. Father, today, would you work miracles? Father, there may be some here today who who are facing just overwhelming odds in different areas, and only you can help. Lord, we saw today that there's nothing beyond you. Lord, would you work miracles in our lives today? Father, thank you for this time together. And Lord, as now we move into our altar time, Holy Spirit, we ask that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen.